So when we talk about the phrase almond mom, how would you define that? A mom that's healthy and gives great advice to her kids. What do you really think it means? Well, maybe a mom who gives too much great advice to her kids or maybe bad advice. I'm I'm being funny. Um, <laughs> just in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, maybe gives too much advice or yeah. unhealthy advice. Yeah, or would kids. you say like projects their own? Oh, for sure. Because I know Protects I even... their own insecurities onto their kids for sure. Yeah. I mean, as a mom, you want to protect your kids from everything and you want your kids to have their best lives and be the best that they can be. But when you know that kids get made fun of for A, B, C, and D, then you want to protect your kids from all those things. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Almond Pod. Today, I am here with the official Almond Mom, the real deal, OG, Almond Mom. You know the lore. You've seen the videos. If you're lucky, you saw the one live stream we did, and she's here in the flesh. So this is Sarah Bender. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Ty. Of course. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So how do you feel about being known as the OG Almond Mom? Uh, it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty funny. Good. See, and a lot of people, that's their first question. The first question actually is, do you actually have an Almond Mom? And then after I'm like, well, yeah, and like, sort of. And then the second question is like, oh, so how does she feel about it? And I'm like, okay, first off, she's pretty funny and she writes a lot of the jokes for me. <laughs> we were just sitting Those in the car. Those jokes write themselves. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting in the car and she was like helping me write jokes, literally. And she was like, that's not, this is how you do it. And it was, and she's like a lot funnier than me oh. sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, well, okay. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question is, how do you feel? About, well, the second question is, how do you feel about being the almond mom? So you just think it's funny or is there more to that? How do you feel about that? Uh, mostly, I think it's funny, um, but I'm I'm glad that you noticed all the healthy habits that I was trying to install in you. Like, I'm glad you noticed my hard work. Um, <laughs> I hope my hard work gets passed on to generations now. <laughs> That's going to get you canceled. Oh, my gosh. Cut, cut. Okay, cut. There's nothing wrong with being healthy. <laughs> I agree with you. But, like, a lot of the things about the Almond Mom, it's, like, really popular because for a lot of people that's, like, triggering. And it makes them, like, oh, that's, like, a little bit overboard. Like, don't you think some of those things are, like, a little bit overboard? This is true. Some of these things are probably overboard and nothing's ever intent intended to be harmful. It's um, the jokes are made in fun and some of the overboard is meant in fun. Um, and some of the overboard is just me. It almost becomes like a game. Like some people like video games, like figuring out how what I can do to be more healthy or add another edge to my nutrition and health regimen. It almost becomes a game to me. And do you think that's like in a healthy way or is that in a way that you feel like at the end of the day, you're feeling like you 
are obsessing over it or you feel like you can't live a normal life? Or to you, is this just like a really fun way to make your life interesting? Is, is this healthy for you or is this? I'm going to have to be honest with you here and say both. Yeah. I admit sometimes I get obsessed and it probably does get unhealthy and out of control. And I have to say, whoa, 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 whoa. It's time to stop. Put everything away for a while and walk away from it and come back when you're ready to do it for the right reasons. Because it's not for me just about being healthy, but I'm also athletic and competitive and I want to be strong enough to compete and healthy enough to compete and do the fun things that I love to do. Um, so I need to be strong and fit for that. And I need to eat enough calories to do that. And I need to eat enough protein to do that. So I want to live my best life at the end of the day. That's what it is about is living your best life for as long as you can and not ending up like being a sick person yeah. because you didn't take care of yourself. Well, I think that's a good way to put it. And it really is all about balance. And I think it is really, really impressive that you know when you're treading that edge. And I think, honestly, everybody in our house growing up could tell when people in the family were getting say, to that I probably edge. get signals like, it's time to stop, Mom. It's time to stop. When like, I'm getting mad because you guys have counted food, I've weighed, eaten food that I've counted or weighed out, I know it's time to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a horrible throwback. But so— I think it is good that you can tell when you need to rein it in. And I think a lot of people wait till it's way too late to rein it in. And it's that's why yeah. people are getting sick on both ends of the spectrum. You don't know when to rein it in when you've gotten your lifestyle and habits out of control on either end. So it really is all about moderation. And I think it's really impressive that you can identify when it's time to Thank you. stop. Thank you. So what would you say are the things that kind of make you go out of control with it? That's a good question. Um, the competitiveness sometimes when I'm doing challenges with my friends. I think that's when it we. Okay, come but up wait, with tell us about challenges with your friends because nobody's going to know what that means. Okay. Um, in order for us to all stay in good health, we come up with these challenges that we do. And they're always different, and um, I'm very competitive, which I hate to admit that I don't usually tell people I'm competitive. I usually say I'm not competitive. I don't compete at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think a lot of us do that. <laughs> but we come up with these challenges, and then I want to win them. So I've probably— Have you ever—were you ever, like, obsessive about your— diet and fitness routines before you invented these challenges or is this really what has triggered all of the times you've gone a little bit more on the obsessive side uh no there were probably times before that I've gone on to the obsessive side just trying to like oh we're going to Cancun in three months I'm gonna really dial it in so I look great for Cancun but who doesn't do that yeah I think that's fair and it's really sad that a lot of us women tie or even men too like a lot of us will tie having an enjoyable time to like I cannot have an enjoyable time if I don't lose 10 pounds so I can fit in this bikini yes. and yes. so I can have rock hard abs on the beach and I I think we're getting away from that but it's still so ridiculous you're, that we're really policing our lives based on what we look like you're or, so right and I honestly, wish we could all get away from that yeah and to get to that point like for me, in my experience, 90% of the time, I have to be miserable to get to that 
to get to that fitness where I feel like, ooh, I'm going to go to the beach and be at 100%, you know? Yeah. Do you not feel that? Or do you think you've been able to get to your ideal physique in ways that are totally attainable? Uh, No. 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 You always get to that, like, you're miserable. And I think anybody who has that amazing physique will tell you they're miserable. Yeah, that's true. Because it's like body bodybuilders right they yeah, like work yeah, for like that, nine that months and then low body fat percentage I think the only way to get there is to be miserable yeah do you think it's realistic for real people to even want to do that if they're not just being a bodybuilder do you think it's okay to do that for Cancun or what's your take on it I mean I don't see a problem with people trying to be their best yeah and especially if you're trying it you know I think people just are going to quit before it's unhealthy because it's so hard for the most part. For the most part. Yeah, I have a hard time with this, though, because I am also competitive and obsessive. And when I try and say to myself, like, ooh, I'm going to lose so much weight for summer. I'm going to do this and this. I feel like every time I've ever tried to do that in my life, I've been, like, so mentally damaged coming out of it that uh, now I'm just at this point in my life where I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to even care about it. So it's hard for me to talk about that just because it's so uncomfortable for me as somebody who's like really, really struggled like like many people have. I think I think we all have struggled and I think we need to turn it around. It shouldn't be about how we look. We need to find a way to feel confident on what's on the inside and not what's on the outside. But how do you present what's on the inside to the world first? Yeah, that's a good point. So what do you do when you're feeling super obsessed about what's on the outside? Because I know when I was struggling with an eating disorder, one of the things that helped me was to realize that I couldn't do, I couldn't perform well. I couldn't, I was doing worse in school. I couldn't focus. I couldn't do anything well. So one of the things that helped me was realizing that I couldn't be an efficient human being if I wanted to be the size that I was at. What has helped you in a situation where you've been like, ah, all I care about is what I look like on the outside? Like, what has helped you when you're struggling with some obsessive eating problems? Like I said before, my competitive things, like riding my bike, for those who don't know. But I what's ride. helped you get over it? And well, you can't ride your bike well if you don't have enough oh, calories. Gotcha. You fatigue on the bike. You can't hit those long rides. You can't keep up with the pack uh-huh. on those big rides. Um, when I go snowboarding, my legs get tired too fast, and I can't keep up with everybody if I haven't gotcha. eaten enough. So knowing that I don't have that competitive edge if I'm not fueling my body well, that's that's a big thing. Um being good at my job has also inspired confidence in me when I'm doing well at work. Then I see people acknowledge me for something else besides my health and nutrition regimen. People are like, oh, you did a really good job here. We really appreciate you. That's very helpful because they're acknowledging you have good aspects that's something else. Yeah, that's huge, honestly, is having, like, a higher purpose. Yes. Yeah, I remember that for me was huge, being like, okay, the least interesting thing about me is the way that I look, and that's so lucky. That's That's so cool. Amazing to to realize that. Yeah, that's, I think, that's, 
I've actually had a lot of people who've struggled with disordered eating habits or, you know, issues around body dysmorphia or something like that. And that's usually the first piece of advice I give them is just understand that you are so much more than what you yes. look like. And yes. and when you throw away all your performance and your, you know, you could easily throw that all away to get to that size zero swimsuit just because when you don't fuel yourself correctly, you just like, ugh. You know, well, and you can't go out and enjoy time with your friends. You, you lose your worst. friend group. You lose yeah. your socialization. If you're at the gym 100 hours a day, you don't get to spend time with your friends and family. And those are really the people who love you how you are and are going to build you up. And you yeah. need them around you and need to spend time with them. And they love you how you are. That's right. And another thing about not eating enough is you are a bitch to everybody who likes you. Yes. <laughs> you're a bitch to your friends and your family. Truth. And just because you're so ornery. But also, I remember I would get like, this is so bad to even admit, but I would get mad at my friends for eating healthy because I was competitive about who was eating like the cleanest. <laughs> and I would get so annoyed. I'd be like, really? You're having a salad? And then I'd be having like even less because eating disorders are a co competitive behavior. They're control and it's issue. Like, oh my gosh. You're throwing away literally every aspect of yourself just to like, you know, either fuel your control issues or just like look the way you think you need to. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. Um yes. so when we talk about the phrase almond mom, how would you define that? A mom that's healthy and gives great advice to her kids. What do you really think it means? Well, maybe a mom who gives too much great advice to her kids or maybe bad advice. I'm I'm being funny. Um, <laughs> just in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, maybe gives too much advice or yeah. unhealthy advice. Yeah, to or her would kids. you say like projects their own? Oh, for sure. Because I know projects I even... their own insecurities onto their kids for sure. Yeah. I mean, as a mom, you want to protect your kids from everything and you want your kids to have their best lives and be the best that they can be. But when you know that kids get made fun of for A, B, C, and D, then you want to protect your kids from all those things. I mean, do you remember when you were little and I did your hair every day for school and had matching bows and matching belts and matching shoes for every outfit because I just couldn't bear the thought of somebody making fun of you for any reason in the world. Well, that poses an interesting question. I was overweight growing up and I got bullied left and right for it. Like what... Mm -hmm. What was your reaction to that? What was your experience with that? Well, obviously heartbreak. Yeah. So heartbroken. I never felt like you were like big enough that anybody should size shame you. You were never fat or. Well, nobody should be sh size shamed. No, first, nobody but. should be size shamed for anything ever. No, but nobody should be made up fun of for anything. Kids are horrible. I just can't believe that kids would make fun of other kids for anything, first of all. Right. And second of all, my fear that it would be one of my kids, you know, came so what to was it like? Yeah. What was it like when that happened? It was very heartbreaking. I mean, my heart was broken for you. I know, you know, and as a mom, I did my I was trying to protect you and it wasn't working. So there's right. a sense of. I don't know, failure as a mother. Oh, wow. Because I didn't protect you from that. Yeah. So 
We tried really hard to bolster self-esteem at home with lots of different things. Yeah. I mean, what sport did you not sign up for? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of things. Do you think, did you ever reach out to other moms maybe dealing with the same issues or did you talk to other people? What was the feedback you were maybe getting from friends and family? What was that like? Uh, no, I didn't really talk to other people because I, who, I mean, first of all, who would I talk to? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't have a real strong friend group at that time because I was really in the thick of being a mom with, you know, four kids and working like it was the thick of it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just did the best I could to. I just did the best I could. I think that's all moms are doing. Almond right. moms, all moms are doing. We're just doing the best we can. Yeah. Kids don't come with a rule book or directions or a how-to, and you just do the best you can. And after a few kids, you just give up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's huge. I I think that's great. Um, another thing that's interesting is how do you— as somebody who lives in and has almost always lived in a really healthy, idealistic body, how is it to raise a child who is like medically overweight? Like I remember knowing that I was like, you were never medically the doctor's overweight. office. Okay, no. come on now. No, 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 no. no, no. I can no, tell no, no, you. No, no. I can tell you exactly what happened. Let me paint a picture for you. Okay, because we I don't in, remember. We were in the doctor's office. I was in fifth take grade. My jacket they off. were playing. Yeah, you can take your jacket off. They were playing Ratatouille on the screen, and then the screen changed when I found out I was like the 99th percentile. Well, yeah, that's the 99th percentile. But then it was in big hundred? red letters, and it was like overweight. And I was like, oh, that was the first time I found out I was overweight. I was like, I'm overweight. Okay, I was overweight. I was literally on a BMI scale, like overweight. I was overweight. You could. We're we gonna date. We're we're calling Doctor Hoagland. Doctor Hoagland, I'm gonna need you to look up. I was up. literally overweight. I I mean, I believe you were 99 percentile. Yes. Yeah. I was, but isn't I was overweight, overweight if you're in the over 100 percent percentile? That would be overweight. Oh no no no. Okay, we'll have to cut this because now it's just us arguing. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, what is it like? <laughs> <laughs> what is it like as somebody who lives in a physically fit ideal body raising a child who is overweight I'm (laughs) is it weird for you to know that like you have a different experience that you've never dealt with to speak from is it I just worry I'm just sad like I just it's a sad worry for the future like I said like you want to protect your kids I I'm perfectly love my kids 100% whoever they choose to be whatever they choose to be I just want them to be happy. That's right. that's the most important thing. And the fear for me of a child that's overweight is that they might not be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And every time I've been interviewed, I've said that same thing. I've been like, okay, <sighs> there most almond moms are doing it out of their own personal fear, personal experience, projecting their own insecurity. Cause I know. As somebody who's dealt with weight issues in my whole entire life, when when I see, like, somebody I care about doing something that, like, is triggering to me, I'm like, ah, no, like, peanut butter has always been a trigger for me. Not diet soda. 
when yeah, I see people drink soda. regular soda, oh, I that, lose like, my mind. I know. And it's so stupid How because it's their own choice. Yourself? It's their own choice. And it, it's like they're like, do whatever you want to do. But for me, just knowing uh, like how scary it is to be overweight, like it, it makes my heart skip a beat. I'm like, oh, don't do that. Uh, you know, just because it is yeah. such a hard experience. Uh, the, those things stick with you. And so I can see how it's like comes off as like, oh, my mom's so annoying and hates me and thinks I'm fat and thinks I need to change and da, 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 da. But if it's me with my kids, I'm so scared I'll slip up like that because I'm just thinking, oh, I don't want you to get bullied for having the yes. biggest dance costume. But at the same time, I'm on the side of the generation where I'm like, ah, we're, our bodies don't matter. Just go out there and be the best damn dancer on the team, you know? But there's but also there's the side sides of, to it and it sucks. I don't want you to have regular soda because it's bad for your teeth. Yeah. Sugar's not good for you. Like, Fried foods cause cancer. Like it's hard. There's more to it it's than so just hard I to want find your balance. It's or at least for people like me, physically healthy too. You don't want high cholesterol. You don't want high blood pressure. You don't want heart disease. Like it's so much more than just yeah. Weight. Yeah, I think that's true too. But it's just because of how much value our society places on food. Like, you can't get away from it. It's, it's social. It's holiday. It social, it's religion. It's, it's everything. Yes. It's everything. So it's like literally a drug that you're expected to take three times a day and have normal thoughts and emotions about. It's so hard. It's Ugh. so hard. I agree. It's so hard. I wish I had I wish I had the answers. I know. We wouldn't be here if I did. I know. <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, so... Growing up, were you conscious of diet and exercise? What was it like for you growing up? I don't know if I've ever told you growing up, I was bullied yeah. horribly for several years. I was bullied, but it wasn't about being too big. It wasn't about, it was maybe about being too normal. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was bullied about being the right size, which if that makes any sense. Um, but I was never, I wasn't skinny. I wasn't big. I was just normal. But I think that's part of what started my anxieties about not wanting you guys to be bullied was that I had an awful experience and was bullied and I didn't want that for you guys. Right. Um, but health was a big part of my family. My parents were very healthy people. They got up and went to, they were, there wasn't a gym, gym back then, but they ran around the cemetery every morning and alternated days with swimming laps at the pool. Um, my siblings, most all of my siblings are very into health and fitness because of the example my parents set. My mom has always been into cooking very clean, natural foods. So I really was raised that way, but it wasn't because I thought I was being healthy. That was just how it was. Like, it didn't right. occur to me that we're doing this for any reason except just that's how it is. Well, what happened when you went over to friends' houses and they maybe had, like, fruity pebbles and you were like, what are these? Um, I guess just TV, you knew that people had those things. Really? So and was it, it like, like, a big deal when you went to other people's Yeah, no, houses? I do remember my friend down the street, Amber, would be like, come hang out at my house. And I'd be like, well, come to my house. And she'd be like, well, come to my house. I have treats. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, all right. Was that, like, a big deal for you? Or was it like, okay? Because I remember for me, if a friend had treats at their house, I was there. I think in my head I always thought it was going to be a big deal. But once I got the, 
I was like, meh. Oh, really? See, you know what's sad is that for me, that was like. I think you get that from your dad. Your dad <laughs> loves his sugar. And I just still to this day, I just have always been kind of meh about sugar. But if you tell me there's nachos or tacos, I'm there. <laughs> it's just a different craving system. Okay, yeah, and that's kind of lucky because that is just like a little bit more work to acquire versus candy. It's just like people use it as decoration. Ugh, I remember yes. how many people's candy bases <laughs> I ate growing up, and their moms would be like, where are the Valentine's decorations? <laughs> like, I ate them. <laughs> Where's my Halloween candy? I ate it. Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> could never decorate with candy because you guys would just eat it all. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. So what's your favorite Almond Mom TikTok that you've seen or your favorite line from an Almond Mom TikTok and why? Well, I I love that you said, are you hungry or just bored? I mean, that's, that's generational because my mom would say that to me. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I they're all pretty good. Um, Almond Mom at the Super Bowl when you were like, well, what other time can we just eat whatever we want? <laughs> That's also a classic Sarah Bender quote. <laughs> oh, I'm being um, so bad. Or the trick or treat giving the kids the protein powder. Because every year when I try to give healthy treats out on Halloween and my kids. That is so embarrassing. It's like or, You know what this lady does? My husband, you know what this, almond dad will not allow me to pass peanut out. Peanut butter dad and we're like it. Oh, At yeah, least you have some dad. balance. Yeah, he won't allow me to pass out healthy treats. Like I've tried like pencils and yo-yos and my family will not. Yeah, it, ugh, that is so strange. But my favorite was you've also got like kind of a penny pincher side to you. Oh, I definitely do. And that's that, from growing up. With less money, right? Yes, yes. yes we yes, didn't yes. have a lot. I have seven brothers and sisters, and my mom stayed at home. So there you go. A penny had to go pretty far. So now this is going to make me sound like a douchebag for making fun of your Halloween, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, you had like, she saved. So she would buy my littlest <laughs> no, no, sister. No, no. <laughs> she would buy my little sister multi chip. Yeah, and this is when she said she gave up. My little sister got chips. So jealous. The youngest Hartley. She would buy her these lunchbox chips, and they would come in like the four pack. And Hartley wouldn't eat Cheetos. She would not eat Cheetos. Yeah, they so come with multi flavors. Over a year, maybe even a year and a half. <laughs> this lady saves all the leftover Cheetos. And Fritos. Fritos, yes. Cheetos and Fritos. And come Halloween night, she dumps like 40 stale, crusty, musty old Cheeto bags into the They have an internal shelf life. <laughs> that is disgusting. No. That is so gross. But it's nice because you know nobody's doing a bowl tip with that. Nobody's dumping the whole bowl in at once. They were. And then, yeah, well, they still it did. looks like got, they got a they trick, got not a treat. I got my Cheetos and <laughs> You just did that because. <laughs> that is, like, such a good story. And also, it it does make me jealous that Hartley got to have chips in her lunchbox. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, that's. That girl, I asked her what flavor of chips she wanted today, and she says none because we don't have any good flavors left. And there's, like. Of course, Cheetos and Fritos and Doritos. Yeah, like, I guess this is kind of the evolution spoiled. of the Almond Mom. Because, like, I remember I would have, like, an apple and a cheese stick and, like, a zone bar. And my friends would have, like, fruit snacks or candy bars or brownies. And I'd be like, I'll trade you. Well, I still don't put 
sweet stuff in her lunch. She doesn't get sweet stuff. Oh, okay. Is this like she'll go to hyper? No, it's just I don't want to pay for cavities. Oh, yeah. Those are expensive. Yeah, I don't want to pay for cavities either, but (laughs) now that I'm parenting myself. (laughs) That's, That's really a big part of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ugh, I have a problem with sweets. It's so bad. Yeah. I've got some cavities to pay for. When she says fat phobia, would you say that you have some internalized fat phobia? Oh, for sure. For sure. And what do you do about that? Because, like, fat phobia is, like, not something to be proud of. It's not a great thing. Like, no, I mean. Working toward being not fat phobic, which I think it's totally cool to I say, mean, like, I do have internalized fat phobia, but I am working against if it. It just means my fear of me being fat. Is that what fat, we're saying fat phobia means? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's saying yes, that, like. Yes, I definitely have it. And yes, I would like to work away from that. But it's been this for 40 years. And I like, think that's where a lot of people are coming from. Even, even I totally have it. I think a lot of people are like, dealing with it. And I. It's it's really hard because yeah, it's hard to change your mindset that you've had for so long. Yeah, and it's hard to be like, well, is that associated with being unhealthy? Because on the other end, I do think a lot of people just live in bigger bodies, and they really there's not much they can do about it. Would you agree that a lot of people are just born in a bigger body? I think there are people who live in a bigger body. Yes. Yeah, and I think a lot of them like don't have a choice because I do think a lot of issues around food like obesity like a lot of that is mental health and yeah food is such a hard addiction to break so addiction. i do think like yes. fat it's difficult fat phobia is something that we should be working against because it really is like almost not a choice for a lot of people and a lot of people just i really think are meant to be that size would you say so i think there are people who are meant to be bigger i think we definitely have a problem with obesity in our society though and that also needs to be addressed yeah we need to address both sides of this story we the healthcare system can't handle as somebody who works in the healthcare system what do you think our society and our medical is doing to fight eating disorders on both ends of the spectrum you know like I don't think they're doing anything to fight eating disorders on the obesity side. I think we need to get more education out to people. I think that's the number one problem is people don't understand that the food they're putting into them is what it's doing to their bodies. Oh, really? You think that's where it's... I 100% think that education needs to be stepped up across the country. Would you say any part of it is mental health or would you say number one is education? I would say number one is education. I would say number two is the mental health. I think if you're educated, then you can understand why you're addicted to this or why you need this. I think there is depression then that comes next and anxiety. Yeah, and it builds on and it makes it worse. Yeah, that people treat with food. Yeah. Uh, Have you dealt with a lot of cases of obesity in your field as, as a nurse? Yes, yes. And, and what has the hospital done when you see somebody with that? Like, what have you been taught to do when you see somebody dealing with binge eating disorder or obesity or something like that? There's no, no, there's no, nothing we do from my, my side of the nursing. I mean, I'm in the emergency room uh-huh. and I can give some education towards things. Um, but what we see is when people become overweight, a lot of times then they become diabetic 
And now that's a medication they have to have. And when you're diabetic, then you get other side effects from being diabetic, like wounds on your feet. So now we're treating people. So you're really not taught to administer any tricks for handling those. So you're doing kind of like a reactive approach instead of a proactive approach. Yeah, we're just so people don't leave the doctor's office or anything with like, here's what you need to do. Here's why. They may leave their primary care doctor's office with some information. But I think at that point, it's probably too late. Wow. Do you think that the information they're getting from their primary care doctor is even good? Would you say that primary care doctors are giving good information? Yeah, I, I bet it's, but I bet it's, you know, that you get discharged with two or three pages. Wow. You know, it's it's going to be a very light, yeah, like graze and, over. And, and when you've done that for yeah, that's Your what we say. When, like the same for me. Like I can't change my mindset now, or I could, but it's difficult. Yeah, they yeah. Can, it's difficult for them to change their mindset now about the way they eat. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. So, what do you think could be something they could put in place to like fight against that? Do you think people should be able to leave the doctor's office with a nutritionist and a personal trainer, or? Do they need a, m- more resources for mental health? Do they need a support coach? Yes. What needs to happen? Yeah, all of that. All of but that. I think the education needs to start in elementary school. Like we okay. teach our kids to wash our hands and we teach you don't do drugs. I think we need to teach kids to eat their vegetables, eat their fruits, avoid fatty, fried, processed foods. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, what what happens when you deal with somebody dealing with an eating disorder in the emergency room? Um, That's not something we see very often on the anorexia or bulimia side of things, Um, or at least that I personally haven't, but they get treatment for their symptoms that they're having, whether it's their dehydration and they get an IV. Um, Typically, they do get admitted for mental health at that point, um, or at least referred to mental health. Wow. So they're not like forced into treatment by any means. No, absolutely. Wow. If they're if they're risk of life, they can be forced to stay if it's like oh my gosh. Like a suicide type attempt if they said it was like suicide. Right. But for the most part, no. Wow. It's like alcoholics, they go home too. Wow. We don't force them into treatment. Why? They're adults. They can make their own choices. Really? They have to stay till they're a legal limit, but then they can go. Really? But if somebody's like way, way, way sick, don't they have to spend an extra night in the hospital? If they're stable, they go home. If they're super sick, they would have to stay in the hospital. But that's not mental health. That's treating their well, I symptoms. I think mental health is being super sick, though. Don't you think that they should like bring in help immediately? It's just not set up that way. That's so sad. How do you feel about the body positivity movement? I think it's great. However, I think we need to do a healthy movement too. I think there's been a healthy movement for be, be all whoever the time. you want to be, be as long as you can be healthy. I think that's a good point, but it is hard to take that stance because a lot of people will come after like, say, Lizzo, from everything I've seen, she lives an incredibly healthy lifestyle. She is 
jump roping every day. She works out like a beast. Great. She eats great. But then she gets attacked by the body positivity movement because people just assume she's unhealthy because she's living in a bigger body. And that that blows my mind that people are so People shouldn't be attacking people. People shouldn't be judging. When she such a good, healthy life. She lives a healthier lifestyle than I do. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So... If it's hard to say you're pro body positivity, but you also need to say that there's a healthy healthy lifestyle movement because I think that takes away from the body positivity movement because like healthy bodies have been promoted like perfectly healthy bodies with six pack abs have been promoted for years and right. years and years you know that's like the standard you right. know so I I think it's bad form to say that you would you agree or am I just forcing this on you no I see where you're coming from I do see what you're saying but I'm just I guess my fear is that people who are eating six cheeseburgers a day are going to be like I'm body positive and it's fine and they're going to have a heart attack but maybe I mean I don't know do we just say that but that's their choice I know that's their choice but honestly I don't think Anybody chooses to live that lifestyle because they love it, love it, love it. Like, I think most people that are doing that to their bodies know that they're doing that to their bodies. Like, a good majority of people, especially if they're, like, there are very few people that are seeing the body positivity movement and are like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to gain 100 pounds. Well, I'm not saying they're gain it, but just use it as a way to say to continue it. To continue unhealthy Ugh. choices. I know it's so sticky. I know, it's it's sticky. so sticky. I just want to be nice to everyone and love everyone and everyone be happy. Can we all just do that? Yeah, I just but I want, feel like you're saying you're like just making a stance and then just like saying that. To I like am the world's ass. greatest. No, I am the world's <laughs> greatest my. fence sitter. Yeah, that's that is really I am because I can true. always see both sides of. Things. I'm well, always like, well, I see this side. Yes, I want everybody to be happy and positive, but I also want everybody to be healthy. And I'm the same way, which is making this kind of a bad podcast. <laughs> it's a terrible podcast. Move on to some funnier questions. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so I asked my followers on TikTok and Instagram to ask you anything, and I'm really excited to see what they have for you. Let's, let's answer these. They're, they're a fun group, so let's see what they have to say because this is... Yeah, my mom loves you guys. If you're here from TikTok, Sarah loves you. Mom loves you. <laughs> she likes to say she's everyone's almond mom. Everybody's almond mom. Okay, somebody said, how how many almonds do you eat? Uh, not very many. Not very many? No, I don't eat a lot of almonds. Once in a while, I'll add them in, but... Okay, the next question is... What's your favorite almond household snack? So not like made out of almonds, but you know, like you go, that's an almond mom snack. Oh, right now I'm really into cottage cheese on a rice cake with the everything bagel seasoning on it. That is so disgusting. I, it seems like it would be, but it's actually Ew! Not. That is so damaged that you're going to sit here and say, ew, that is so disgusting. What of those things is not gross? Because if... Rice cakes reek of sadness. They're no, so they're, dry and so they're disgusting. And That's disgusting. They literally like, it's like chewing like probably the box that kitty litter comes in is what I think of. That's so freaking gross. And then cottage cheese. That is so okay, gross. Okay, well, my one before that was the chocolate hummus. 
on like the rice cake. On with, the rice cake. Stop it. <laughs> with berries. Oh my gosh. Just eat bread. No, I don't. No, it's not crunchy. Oh my gosh. Crunchy. You are yes, messed you up can't. in the head. <laughs> Who in the hell? Okay, it's I. A lot of people eat rice cakes. Yeah, that's just a snack. You they okay, said all my mom's snack. Now, yeah, I did. So sorry, I'm judging so hard. Sorry, yeah. I'm giving you so much flack. Um, I don't know. It's pretty messed up to me that you're putting cottage cheese and everything but the bagel seasoning. That is like the most wretched DIY. It's, it's like really you good. were out of food in the pantry no. <laughs> and you were like, it's like you went blindfolded through the pantry well, in the fridge and okay. you're like, I need three things. I need all the almond fans to go try it and come back to me <laughs> and let me know. Let's. I want to hear. But I gotta say, I get the low fat cottage cheese because the full <laughs> fat no, but listen, the full fat is too creamy. Like it's too... <laughs> It's too rich, so if you get the low fat, it tastes better, I think. That's so gross. Okay, well. <laughs> okay, I thought the chocolate hummus wasn't bad, though. No, the chocolate hummus is good. Yeah. On rice cake and some berries on top. Yeah. I mean, it is an almond snack. It's an almond I'll snack. I'll give you that, and almond snacks usually aren't good, so. They are good. Almond mom snacks. They're good if you're not eating real snacks. If you haven't eaten real sugar in 10 days and you have That's really hummus, like, <laughs> I can't think of anything I'd rather treat. go to, except maybe nachos. Nachos are my weakness for sure. Nachos and tacos are my weakness. But I just don't keep them in the house. So strange. Moving on. Okay. This is a weird question. How does OG Almond Mom handle the crazy relatives that bring up politics at Thanksgiving dinner tables? <laughs> You just smile and nod and walk away or smile and nod and change the subject. I'm really not into politics. Again, I'm I'm a big fence sitter. I can see the good on both sides. So, yeah, that's actually true. You would think she's just saying that to cover her ass for this podcast, but it actually is true. No, I always <laughs> just sit on the fence for everything. And then most, every, most everything. I shouldn't say everything, but most everything. And then she raised the world's most opinionated daughters. Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. I don't know how you did that. It's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> and and uh, social media access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably changed the world a lot. Yeah, and me having a YouTube addiction since fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, you being into it. I've never been into it. I don't watch a lot of news. I yeah. mean, when I was a kid, we just had the three channels, so. Yeah, and I had a huge crush on Casey from KSL. Oh, yeah, you, you did. Him? Yes, I he do did remember that. the exploring that. segment, yes. and I think that's really what got me into keeping up with the twos. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. He was cute. Yeah, he was cute. That's funny. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was a smoke show. We'll do a rapid fire, and I'm going to think of them, and it's going to be so ratchet. Okay, what are your three favorite ways to work out? Uh, well, weights, cardio, and yoga are basic, but if we want to talk, I go through phases of what cardio I'm enjoying right now. I'm really enjoying my bike, and I went through the boxing phase, and... Oh, I love boxing. Yeah, it was really that fun. That was a really fun one. Yeah. Biking is the worst pain. I don't know how you do it. I, lo I don't know either. I just love a good sweat fest. Ew. Ew. And it's so painful on your, like, butt. 
You develop, you get used to it. You keep saying this weird. Anyway, know, next people question. say you <laughs> develop a callus, but you don't actually develop a callus. There's yeah, no calluses on my butt. There's That's no calluses. Weird. It just gets used to it. Ooh. Anyway. Okay. What workout brand is the most overrated? It's rapid fire. Go. Lululemon. I just didn't know if you, I could say it out loud. I'm not sponsored by them. Okay. Lululemon. Okay. You can get the CRZ on Amazon. <laughs> See, now that's a sponsorship we could get. Most overrated protein bar. I don't know. What am I supposed to be saying here? You can say whatever you need to say. Most overrated protein bar. I think everybody's looking for something different from their protein bar, so I can't say one or the other. I personally go to the Quest bar because I love how high of protein that's it is. That's my answer for most overrated protein bar, hands down. It's got the most protein for the least amount of calories with the fiber. Oh, it's so gross, though. It literally tastes like cookie dough. It tastes like cookie dough. Cookie dough. The texture is cement. Cookie dough. It hurts my teeth, and I have to. Cookie dough. I have to, like. You can warm them up in the microwave for a second if you take them out of the wrapper or if you hold them in your pocket. Oh, my gosh. Warming them up actually makes it worse for somehow. I remember seeing people be like, oh, you warm them up. It tastes like a warm chocolate chip cookie. You're out of your mind. You are so out of your mind. That is not a goddamn chocolate chip cookie. That it's cookie so dough. It's not a cookie. It's cookie dough. You know what? Cookie dough is even better than cookies. A warm Quest bar is like torture. It's horrible. It's like a you delicious can taste all treat. the granules. If you're listening to this, oh, this, you are is, so this sensitive. is the last lady. So sensitive. <laughs> so sensitive about what? Every food, every texture. For all you people, Tyler won't eat rice or pasta because she can't stand textures. So don't ask her about protein okay, bars. Don't ask you about anything because you just said that you eat rice cake, cottage cheese, everything bagel seasoning. I know. And I want to hear back from everybody on how much they enjoy that treat. <laughs> oh, it's not a treat. That's disgusting. It's a snack. That's so gross. You could have so many other things for the exact same macros that wouldn't be disgusting. No. Okay, not very rapid fire. Okay, most overrated workout. Hit. Ooh, why? I just think it's hard on the it's hard on the joints. I don't know. Oh wow. Okay. I think it's repetitive. For me personally, I I don't care for hit. I've heard that a lot actually. I've heard it's, it's bad for your so, hormones too. That like I can't say too. Oh, okay, I don't know, okay. but all the jumping is just jumping and jumping and and jumping and jumping. Yeah, I've heard that. And more jumping. So mm. I didn't. I wasn't a fan, but that doesn't mean you can't love it. Anything that gets you moving that you love, I think is is great. You do you, but it wasn't for me. Most overrated fitness influencer. Is there one that you followed that has just given you like really bad advice? Um, I think the guy that talks about your endomorph and ectomorph and mesomorph, I, I'm not a big fan of that guy. Oh yeah. I've seen that on like shitty Facebook ads where it's yeah. like, take a paid $50 and find out what body type you are. Yeah. And then one of them's like, you were just meant to be, you were just meant to be skinny. You win. That's it's funny. Oh, I haven't seen that, but yeah, oh. I've seen his posts and I just think, no, 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 no. That's. People are basically the same. It's going to work the same for most, most people. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, what is the most overrated workout shoe? Overrated workout shoe. Well, 
everybody loves to wear the nobles and they are cute. But as far as functional, they're not my favorite. Ooh, well, what would you say the gold standard of workout shoe is? Well, they're flat. They are flat. So that is good. Um, they're stiff. They're really stiff. So the, I guess if you're just lifting well, what's weights. what's your top them, shoe for? My personal favorite is the Nike Metcon. There you um, go. So they've got the little rubber inside if you're going to climb rope. They've got a little protector on the back if you're doing handstand push-ups against the wall. They've got, like, they have a lot of function to them as well as they are always cute colors. Gotcha. Favorite CrossFit workout? Oh, uh, I love Cindy. And what's Cindy? It's um, push-ups, pull-ups, and air squats. What a treat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. That's awesome. Yeah. I All like, right. I like DT, too. I love uh, deadlifts, squats. There you have it. Yeah. Well, this has been a very weird podcast. Yeah. This has been weird. Super weird. Weirder than ABC Nightline or less weird than ABC Nightline? Oof. (laughs) Equally as weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for doing it again. You're the best. Thanks for watching.